justice as we used to know it is dead. First gas stoves, now the light bulb. When will it stop? And it's time to put away your phones. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I'm that guy. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday night here in Malaysia, Wednesday morning in the U.S., across the country. And whatever time zones you might be listening in, we are live on Rumble.com exclusively. By the way, this show is also a podcast. You can listen to the audio part of the show on all your favorite podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you can just look for The Jay Sheldon Show, click subscribe, and you're good to go. Check us out on our podcast. And uh, we also want to remind you about one of our sponsors. We remind you to protect your online activity with the best and the easiest VPN. That is NordVPN. Use our special link. It's in the show notes. And uh, you will get an incredible deal. Three months at 59% off. NordVPN. Thank you. All right. Hey, don't forget, please, also uh, just a quick reminder. It's free. It's easy to do. It takes less than a second, and it's a button right over here that says follow. Click that, please. And that's it. You're done. Click the follow button. It's right over there. Just click, and you're done. Thank you for that. Really, truly appreciate it. It helps the show out a lot. We really, really do appreciate that. All right, let us move on and up to our little update here. This is the Miko update. Miko's our three-year-old little Shiba Inu puppy, and uh, she is doing great. She had a uh, uh, hell of a day today. We went uh, for a very, very long walk, and uh, whoops, wait a minute. We don't want that, do we? No. Um, we, we had a huge walk today. If you hang on a second, I got a piece of video here I want to show you. And there we go. Pop. <laughs> okay. This is actually video from, what, 2020? But uh, we, we shared this because it's, it, it came up in our timeline. I guess it was somewhere around today back in 2020. This is insane. She has this beanbag. She still has it. And she... She used to attack this thing like crazy. She would go nuts. Now she sleeps on it, but she doesn't sleep on it. She gets like that. She's about halfway up, and she will never get fully on this thing. I don't know why. Just something about the beanbag or whatever. But uh, she never gets fully on it. She loves it. She loves playing with it. And uh, boom. <laughs> Oh, man, this dog is insane. She had kind of a down day today, actually. She was a little little wonky. Uh, I think she's just not completely feeling up to speed. Uh, plenty of energy for chasing scrats, though. They were all over the yard. But, uh, yeah, she did, uh, she did great. So, anyway, that's our Miko update, and it's brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox. BarkBox.com is a monthly subscription service you get for your dog. Every month you'll get a brand new box of themed goodies and toys for your dog. It is fantastic. And if you use our special link, which is in the show notes, everything we talk about is in our show notes, you'll get a special special deal, an extra month free when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Every month, delivered right to your door when you sign up, you'll get a box with Two toys, they come out with a theme every month, a new theme. Two bags of dog chews, uh, dog treats, and a dog chew. And there is a special link under the BarkBox.com slash Miko. It gives you an also an, a different deal, and it's very cool. Check this out. Hang on, let me just take a look at it here. Uh, yeah, double your first box free. You see that? barkbox.com slash Miko is our main link. That's where you'll get the extra month free. But if you choose, when you sign up for a multi-month subscription, you can get double. That means four toys, four bags of treats, and two dog juice. Check it out. Use our special link in our show notes. And thank you very much to barkbox.com for uh, sponsoring part of today's show and the Miko update. Wow. All right, let's get to it, shall we? It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Look, everybody has seen the news. Everybody saw the Trump 
indictment. It went, it was live from the courtroom, but every news outlet across the planet was live. And so, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because everybody's that's following it has followed it. But having said that, I don't want to ignore what's going on. So Trump, this is from the Epic Times, Trump declares a Manhattan DA has no case in his first statement after pleading not guilty. Uh, In a first public statement since pleading not guilty. Now, he also did a big speech. It was a great speech he gave at Mar-a-Lago when he got back. Um, He declared that his legal team predicted the New York County District Attorney has no case. By the way, his contributions since he's been indicted are now up to $10 million. So thanks, Democrats. You're just helping the cause. Just lifted off from Palm Beach, Florida, Trump wrote on True, for Palm Beach, Florida, he wrote on True Social around 5.30 p.m., uh, adding he'll be delivering remarks from his Mar-a-Lago estate at about 8.30 p.m. He has, of course, already done that. Uh, this is a quote here from his True Social post. The hearing was shocking to many in that they had no surprises and therefore no case. Virtually every single legal pundit has said that there is no case here, and there was nothing done illegally. So it's on and on, this unprecedented, ridiculous indictment of uh, President Trump, and it is kicking them right in the small ones, because that's what they have, little small ones. Uh, This idiot DA in New York, and now we find Biden connections with this deal, Trust me, dig into it if you want. Read the article, read up. It's all you can't open a a news site that it's not plastered all over the place. So it's there. I I encourage you to uh, to support Trump. I am a you know I make no bones about it. I'm a genuine hundred percent Trump supporter. Uh, DeSantis is great, but I think he needs to govern Florida for a while before he thinks about presidential bids and things like that. But it's a mess and it ain't going to get any better but uh yeah here's another one by the way speaking of i remember i mentioned about trump making so much uh in contributions since he's been indicted check this headline out links in our show notes record-setting legend trump raises nearly 10 million dollars so far Gains over uh, uh, 16,000 campaign volunteers, those are important, to take back our country. 45th president and leading 2024 presidential candidate Donald Trump is proving far-left district attorney Alvin Bragg's frivolous indictment of him has only just begun to backfire in uh, in his favor, reportedly raised 9.5% million bucks off the indictment so far. I love it. Trump advisor Jason Miller announced he's raised 1.1 million just on Monday. President real Donald Trump raised another 1.1 million today, he tweeted, uh, through today, four days after Manhattan DA entered the latest phase of their witch hunt. He's raised 8 million. Wow. That from Jason Miller insane. Uh, Three days after Trump first announced on his top-rated social media platform, Truth Social, March 18th, he expected his arrest, he discovered, from illegal leaks from Bragg's office, which probably came from Bragg's, which is a federal offense, which means Bragg's ought to be indicted himself now. But any of these lily-livered, milk-toast Republicans going to actually do anything? Probably not. And that, my friends, is 99% of the problem. Scream and yell all you want, but until these Republicans grow a pair and start acting like Democrats, yeah, I said it, acting like Democrats, turnabout is fair play, my friends. Nothing's going to happen. Anyway, brings a total they've raised to about 9.5 million. So, there you go. And links in our show notes if you want to follow this story along and uh, read all the details. I don't read the whole article when I do this. It's just uh, just to keep you up to date. Uh, all right, more news on Trump, but this is not what you think. This is scary stuff. This is ridiculous stuff is what it is. 
Uh, where are we? Okay, hang on. I just got to get my, I just got to get my head about me here. Why am I doing a southern accent? I don't know. Anyway, breaking news. <laughs> this is from Trending Polit- uh, po- uh, TrendingPoliticsNews.com. Links in the show notes. You don't need to know that. Check this out. Now, this is some scary crap. President Trump's Secret Service agents are being called to testify. They're being subpoenaed as the witch hunt expands. Not kidding. Secret Service agents for former President Donald Trump are being subpoenaed to testify against him. According to news reports from Fox News' Brett Baer, Baer said on Twitter, multiple Secret Service agents for the former president have already been subpoenaed and are expected to testify before the D.C. grand jury likely on Friday. Just a few short days from right now. This is insane. The grand jury appears, appearances are related to the special counsel Jack Smith's probe into the handling of classified documents, that bullshit case out of Mar-a-Lago, and they're subpoenaing former Trump's special uh, Secret Service agents. Okay, so here's the deal. If you're going to subpoena, and you're able to subpoena Secret Service agents to testify about things they heard and saw during their time as the protective detail of Donald Trump, then I would suggest somebody... Start looking into maybe subpoenaing the Secret Service agents of, oh, say, Bill Clinton. Because I'm quite sure he had his protective detail with him when he was on Epstein's flight, the Lolita Express. Yeah. I would like to hear the testimony of those Secret Service agents. And I can think of a few more examples, too. Turnabout's fair play, folks. You're going you're gonna to play this game? F around and find out. It's going to get interestinger and interestinger. And I, for one, can't wait. All right. Um, it's like I said, justice is dead. If you live in some of these liberal cities, get out. Blue states, get out. Go to Florida, go to Texas. I know it's not easy, some of your own businesses, everything else, but it's it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And it will get better. I have no doubt it will get better. This cannot last forever. You know, hard times make good men good, you know, you know the saying. Very difficult to be a true-blooded American these days. Very difficult to be a true-blooded American company these days, too. Check this out, I found. Interesting link in our show notes. These are companies that started out 100% purely American companies. Not anymore. This article from za.investing.com, link is in our show notes. American companies that are no longer American Apple, Starbucks, founded in the U.S., started out as small ventures, become, became international leaders in their fields. But the world of business isn't always quite as um, straightforward as it seems. Um, regardless of how well-rooted your American roots might be, it doesn't mean you always uh, belong to Uncle Sam. Many quintessentially American brands are no longer American. From Ben and Jerry's, well, who cares? IBM, Holiday Inn, overseas investors have played a huge part in keeping these companies moving forward. And without them stepping in, some of them would have gone out of business. Here's a list. I'm not going to read all of this. You can check it out in our show notes, but it is an eye opener. These companies are no longer American owned. Popsicle. I lived on Popsicle. Orange Popsicles were my favorite. They're headquartered in Oakland, California. They were purchased by Unilever, and they are owned by a country in England. Man, 
That's insane. Ben and Jerry's, also owned by Unilever in England, in South Burlington, Vermont. Burger King. I did not know this. Their headquarters originally was in Miami, Florida. They are now owned by Restaurant Brands International from Canada. Not kidding. Holy crap. That's insane. Hang on a quick second here. I'm just going to pop forward. There we go. I wanted to check. See, you, you see me check live, so you see what's actually going on. That's insane. Burger King, Trader Joe's, owned by a company in Germany. The list goes on and on. American, American Apparel. It's called American Apparel. It's owned by a company in Canada. Not seven. Oh, no, that's an ad. Sunglass Hut, Holiday Inn. This is insane. All of these... American brands? Nope, they're not. It's <laughs> crazy. All right, insane. Read the whole article, though. It's uh, it's absolutely amazing. It's frightening, is what it is. All right, hang on one quick second. I just gotta get to the right page. Oh, uh, I you know I thought whether or not I really wanted to share this story. Because it's, frankly, it's disgusting. I'm going to share it because it's important. It's important that you know this. And it's important that you know exactly how, once again, our justice system is dead. And I'm not kidding. All right. First of all, though, we want to tell you about one of our great sponsors here, and that is Brickhouse Nutrition. Folks, fruits and vegetables are the key to healthy living. I have been changing my diet because of my dermatitis problem. Did I tell you, by the way, we finally got it figured out. It's photodermatitis. It's not eczema. So I've basically got to become a vampire for the most part. Anyway, I have changed my diet because the doctor strongly believes not only in, you know, taking care of the skin problems, but taking care of your gut problems, your inner health, which affects everything. And it is really working. It really is. Fruits and vegetables are the anchor of any good, healthy diet. The problem is you got to go buy them. You got to prepare them. They're hard to cook. If you don't prepare them right away, they're going to go rotten, go off before you even get the chance to eat them. Well, how many times have you bought fruits and vegetables and by the time you get to them, they're gone, they're brown, they're rotted? Field of Greens, that's the product you see on your screen. It is a science-backed formula, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables, all ground up into an amazing tasting powder. You just mix it in with your favorite drink. You can use water if you want, but whatever, green tea, orange juice, doesn't matter. And it is real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. You look on the back of the package, it says nutrition facts, not supplement facts. These are not supplements. These are 100% USDA organic fruits and vegetables. And it comes in a bunch of great tasting flavors, lemon, lime, original. You'll love it, and it is so good for you. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. The link is in our show notes. Use that link to get to the site and check out Field of Greens and all the other great products from Brickhouse Nutrition. That will get you a very special deal if you use that link. And uh, it helps the show out too, of course. But anyway, uh, check it out. Brickhouse Nutrition. All right. Here's the story that I almost didn't share. Because it's beyond horrible. From Blaze Media, a couple who starved and abused their daughter nearly to death will not serve any jail time. You know the headline for tonight's show? Justice is dead. Well, ridiculously, sadly, 
horrifically. Here's another example of that. An Idaho couple who have been convicted, they've been found guilty of severely injuring their adoptive daughter, will not serve any jail time because some liberal moron judge decided they already suffered enough substantial penalties for their crime. No, goofballs, they haven't. Last June, Byron and Gwendolyn Boothman from Kuna, Idaho, which is about 20 miles south of Boise, they were convicted of felony and misdemeanor injury to a child with an enhancement for inflicting great bodily injury. Testimony and evidence. Stand by and sit down if you're not. Testimony and evidence introduced at their trial uh, trial indicated the abuse of the victim, who is she's not identified by name, only as the initials E.B., was frequent and heinous. From the time E.B. was three years old until she was six, the Boothmans repeatedly isolated her from her four siblings, fed her only vegetable powder, and forced her to sleep in a laundry room, often without even a mattress. In October of 2017, the girl was five. Dawn Cliff, a habilitative interventionist, had begun working with E.B. the month before. Discovered E.B. lying outside, wearing nothing but a soiled diaper. When Cliff called the girl's name, she didn't respond. She had no pulse, and her pupils were dilated. She'd gone into cardiac arrest. She's five. She was taken to hospital. Medical teams performed CPR for 45 minutes, had to administer seven doses of enephrine, three doses of atropine to revive her. Her body temperature, 89 degrees. The county deputy prosecutor, Daniel Dinger, says, I certainly don't think that it is in any way an exaggeration to suggest this was nearly a homicide. E.B. could have died as a result of the defendant's conduct. And there are more details I'm not going to talk about because they are. there was a time where this little girl had to resort to eating toilet paper because they weren't feeding her. Prosecutors recommended these idiots, the Boothmans, they spent only one night in jail during the entire legal process. The prosecutors recommended they get at least five years in prison, followed by probation. Well, Judge Darla Williamson ignored the recommendations. Sentenced the defendants, get this, to four years of probation, 300 hours of community service, and no jail time. Unfreaking believable. Attendees in the courtroom in the gallery literally gasped when they heard the sentence. No, E.B. didn't die. But when your child is taken away from you by the state and given to somebody else, it's almost like she does, Williams said. These are the kind of judges, in fact, which state is it that just had their Supreme Court judge elected and we are in serious trouble now? Was it Idaho, Wisconsin? I forget. Just nightmare. Anyway, read the whole article, but I'm warning you right now, there are some details in there. You better have digested your lunch before you read that because it's it's beyond scary. All right. What more we got coming up here tonight? Why is my live button not live? Okay.
I'm trying to keep up, okay? I'm a one-man show here. Give me a break. I don't have producers and all that other stuff. Go to one of our sponsors and buy something that will help the show out a lot. Hey, by the way, we have... Hang on. I got to show you this. I got time. I got time. I got all night. We can do a five-hour show if I want to. Nobody's keeping track, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, hang on. I got to get over to this one. Check this out. Hang on. Whoops. What's going on? What is up with this? See, you get to see the behind-the-scenes stuff, too, happening on this show. All right, here we go. Is this going to work? It's not. Okay, anyway, I'll just tell you about it. If you look in our show notes, way down about halfway, you'll see Grab Your Show Merchandise and Miko Merch. There's a link there to our brand-new shop. It's got the J. Sheldon Show Merchandise on it. Do check it out. Buy something if you want. You help out to support the show. It really goes a long way. I didn't put a whole lot of products in there. There's just six, seven of them. I added a couple new ones today. And that's pretty much going to be it. Because, you know, you don't need to be flooded with a whole bunch of notepads and stickers that you're not going to use or buy anyway. So I tried to put some stuff in there that I thought was cool and useful. And prices are relatively reasonable, too. And uh, check it out. The link is in our show notes. It's uh, the Jay Sheldon Show Printify me. You you find the link. You click there. You go and you buy something, and and life goes on, and life is good. I right. <laughs> let me get back to what we were trying to talk about here. Uh, oh yeah, you're gonna love this one <laughs> from Just the News, John Sullivan's site. Here we go. Remember we talked about gas stoves and how the Biden administration was trying to get rid of gas stoves. Well, they said they were backing down on that. They're not. They're either going to make them all the requirements so expensive that no one can afford a gas stove, or they'll find some backdoor way to get rid of gas stoves, which is freaking insane. Well, it doesn't stop there, like you didn't know that already. They're pushing ahead with their incandescent light bulb ban. Just weeks after they're targeting gas stoves, some skin, eye, and biology experts warn that modern light fixtures could lead to serious health effects. Well, the Biden... Wait, I don't need the video. Okay, the Biden administration's campaign for clean energy, which is as misguided as it could possibly be and costing you and me and every other American a fortune, they put their sights on kitchen gas stoves, and now they're pushing further into your house, reaching in with their grimy, slimy mitts and controlling your life in ways they have absolutely no business doing. And they're looking to outlaw, make it actually illegal for you to purchase an incandescent light bulb. You know, the screw-in kind, standard light bulb that was around for a billion years since Edison first invented them. U.S. Energy Department confirmed in recent days it's pressing ahead to begin to enforce a ban on August 1st on the manufacture and retail sale of most incandescent light bulbs as the latest measure to meet this rotting bag of oatmeal in the White House's climate goals. And this completely reverses a 2019 Trump administration decision. He first, Biden first suggested the signal the ban was coming uh, back in 2022, cost-saving energy efficiency standards. Now, let's not forget, in all these homes that are not built after, what, maybe 2010, and that's millions and millions of homes, you're not just going to be able to go out and buy a new light bulb. Because they don't all screw into the old light bulb bases like incandescents. You're going to have to replace all of your light fixtures. Your ceiling. On your stands. Everywhere you've got a light bulb that screws in now may or may not be able to take an a energy efficient screw-in type. Because they're not all the same. So here we go. A pack of LED bulbs listed for... 
four-pack of incandescent bulbs, $10.39, about five-cent difference per bulb. So, financial relief, yeah, about five cents every four bulbs. Bullcrap. Something's got to happen. This moron has got to get out of there. They've got to stop. And you know, the thing is, I'm sure you know this, it's not Biden. He's too freaking out of touch, demented, stupid to actually be doing any of this stuff. This is coming from the people who are pulling his strings, the puppet masters behind Biden. This is not coming from Biden. Biden's done absolutely nothing for 50 years in the time he's been in Washington. What makes you think he's doing anything now? He's not. People are pulling his strings, barely able to read a teleprompter, and yet that's where it's going to go. All right. What else have I got going on here? I got so much crap today. Oh, yeah, we're going back to the moon. I didn't know this. How did I miss this? I follow everything, the Mars project, the rover, the everything to do with space. I love it. The uh, James Webb telescope images, which are amazing. Well, we're going back to space. Not just that. We're going to the moon. So I think, uh, is it Kubrick? Is he still alive? We're going to hire him again? Three, <laughs> three Americans and one Canadian to man the first crewed mission near the moon in more than 50 years, and there they are. They look so serious, don't they? More than five decades, 50 years over since astronauts last set foot on the moon, that was the 72 Apollo 17 mission. Three Americans, one Canadian, have been announced as the four-person crew who will fly near the moon. Now, that's disappointing. They will not land on the lunar surface. What the hell? NASA astronauts Reed Weissman, Victor Glover, and Christina Hammock-Koch, and Canadian Space Agency's Jeremy Hansen. Weissman will be commander, Glover pilot, Koch and Hansen mission specialists. Uh, all three Americans have previously lifted off into space. Hansen has not. Given a chance, would you do it? Oh, I would in a minute. I would in a minute. In a second. A chance. Even just to go up out of, out of our Earth's atmosphere to look back at this little blue marble. I would do that in a New York minute. I will never get the chance. But man, how much fun would that be, huh? All right, let's see what else we got happening here tonight. I got just a few more things and then we're gonna get on with our book. I actually have so much stuff backed up for today's show. It's insane. Let's see what we got. Uh, oh, yeah. AI. Chat GPT. <laughs> We've told you a lot about these horror stories. We In our last show, we even told you about the article where some expert on AI said, shut it down. It is going to kill us all. And he had the receipts to back it up. Well, it's getting worse. The incidents keep piling up of things this chat GPI is doing. Take a look at this headline. Links in our show notes if you want to read the whole story. A prominent legal scholar warns of AI risks after chat GPT created a fictitious accusation that he was sexually harassed a student. Yeah, that's a little scary. Jonathan Turley, raising the alarm after ChatGPT falsely accused him of sexually harassing his students, backing it up with a non-existent news article and non-existent facts. AI and algorithms for AI are no less biased and flawed than people who program them. An American attorney, legal scholar, wrote Monday in an opinion piece for USA Today. 
Recent research has found that ChatGPT's political bias, and while this incident might not be a reflection of that kind of bias, it does show how AI systems can generate their own forms of disinformation. This comes from AI. It just completely made up a story about this person sexually abusing his students and even created a fake news story about it happening. Completely made up. Now, I saw this posted once. I researched it. I could not find it again. I'll continue to look for it because I need to put this out there and you need to hear it. Someone posted a video on Twitter. It was just one of those things with, you know, somebody talking to camera. But this is what they said. Someone went and programmed a AI system. And they gave it $6. And they asked it to try and invest it to turn it into $6,000. This is an AI program. The AI program went about its work. But when it got to the point in trying to get onto certain web pages to make investments, there was this I am not a robot checkbox, and it couldn't figure out how to check the box. So the AI program, this is the way it was reported. I have nothing to back this up, but I could believe it would happen. The Listen, especially after this story I just shared about the sex charges. The AI program trying to do the investment, trying to get past this CAPTCHA, contacted just Joey Bag of Donuts down the road, just anybody randomly online, and asked it for help in getting to the web page, creating the account, and clicking the I am not a robot box. The person they contacted asked, wait a minute, are you a robot trying to get around admitting you're a robot? The AI said, no, I'm not. I'm visually impaired and I can't see the box. It lied. It made up a story, ingenious, but the AI program with no moral nothing lied and created that story so this person would help them. I don't know where that goes. I don't know where it happens after that. Like I said, I've been trying to find the details on this story forever. I cannot find it. If you can, send me an email or a PM at show at jsheldon.com if you want to send an email. Let me know if you're able to find anything because I've been looking all over the place and I cannot find it. But check out this in our show notes. This has to do with this insane chat GPT accusation about a, uh, a teacher a legal scholar, quite well-known legal scholar, by the way, who ChatGPT made up the story that he had uh, he had sexually harassed his students. Man, I'm telling you, it's not good news. Mm. All right, TikTok. We talk about TikTok a lot on this show because we hate TikTok. Do not use TikTok. If your kids have TikTok, get it off your phone. It's dangerous. It's spyware. You're not going to read the terms of service, but you should. And if you did, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, take a look at this. It's not getting any better. I have never seen anything like this. One of China's most popular apps has the ability to spy on its user. Nothing new there. One of China's most popular shopping apps. It's used in China. So this should be really no surprise. Groceries, just about everything else under the sun. More than 750 million users a month. But according to cybersecurity researchers, it can bypass the user's cell phone security, monitor activity on other apps on the user's phone, check notifications, read private messages, change settings. And once you've installed this shopping app, 
it is almost impossible to get rid of it. Many apps collect all kinds of data information, almost every app, some for fairly, you know, non critical uses, marketing things and stuff like that, show you ads for stuff that you're interested in, you know, whatever, fair game. But some of it goes way above, above and beyond. This particular, now again, it's China. I don't give a crap what you do in China. You guys knock yourselves out. You know, you, you, you let the system exist, off you go. But read the article. There's all kinds of amazing details in here. And it is... Like I said, unlike anything anyone has ever seen when it comes to these spyware apps, it's frightening. All right, we got uh, just a few more things going on here, including <laughs> including the fact that it's likely time to put away your phone. Not kidding. You're not going to believe this one. Well, I, you know, I just saw this tonight. We went out to dinner. This is from the Daily Signal. Links in our show notes if you want to read it. I don't spend a whole lot of time with my handphone here and you know, like this. I do because I research. I look for stuff to talk about on the show. But I don't spend every waking moment with this thing suction cup to my face. I like to look around, especially if I'm out to dinner, watch other people eating, watch what's going on, see what's happening. I looked up tonight from dinner, restaurant was fairly full, and every single person, every single person, including the wait staff, were like this, looking at their phones. The place could have burned to the ground. Nobody would have known. This article is amazing. In fact, it starts off with exactly what I just said. Next time you go to a restaurant, look around the room. Chances are half the people, if not more, if not everybody, will be sitting silently staring at their phones. Even if you're with somebody at dinner, you're both ignoring each other, looking at your damn phones. What's the point of going out to dinner in the first place? Just to eat? You do that at home, save some money. Meals are social activities. It's meant to be a time where you share, you chat, you experience each other. You have fun. You talk about your day. Complain about things. Bitch and moan if you want to. But communicate. Not with your face stuck on a handphone. Uh, check this out. Americans check their phones an average of 344 times a day. Once every Four minutes. When you factor in sleep time, it's like once every three minutes. In total, people spend about three hours a day on average staring at their phones on a yearly basis. That means, this is unbelievable, the average American is staring at his or her phone for 44 full days in a row. That's, again, without even factoring in sleep time. So you're talking about really probably 60 or 70 days a year, 24 hours a day with your phone stuck on your face and the rest of the world just flies by. It's an addiction. It really is. And the damage is real and extremely harmful. You must check, please, check this article out because it talks about some of the downside, all of the downside. Depression. 1% uh, of kids get their first phone by age 1 or 2. Are you kidding me? You can't even lift the phone up at age 1 or 2. What comprehension do you have as to what this is at 1 or 2 years old? But according to the surveys and the data... The numbers keep trickling upwards until age 9 or 10, when 20% of kids get their first phone. 26% join them between the ages of 11 and 12. And the final 20% between 13 and 14. After 14, virtually all kids have a smartphone. Man, it is 
way past time to rethink this garbage. Many other radical shifts, in addition to depression, often occur among teens, teens, the times of explosive growth in phone use. Time with their phones went up, time with their friends went down. Part-time jobs, down. Dating, down. Personal interactions, down. Teen pregnancy dropped. That's okay, a plus. I don't think anybody would have offered up social isolation as a cure for that problem. The ultimate cost of all this isolation, depression, has been an explosion in teen suicide. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, after holding pretty steady from 2000 to 2007, the rate, listen to this, the rate of teen suicide jumped by 60%, 60% from 2007 to 2017. You and me, if you're over, you know, 50-ish, 40, had the luxury of growing up without this crap. We had to make our own entertainment. But this article talks about that, talks about the way things have changed from when you and I were kids until this stuff going on now. I told you before, get rid of TikTok off your kids' phones. But you know, folks, it's worse than that. It's beyond that. You just... I know. You just need to take control of your kids. And in some cases, yourself. Get your damn face and nose out of that phone. Put it down. Get a life. Hey, one final thing here before we get on to a little bit of our book. And that is uh, Anne Rand. Now, I can't say in any way that I believe or agree with a lot of what Anne Rand had to say. But she did say a few things that are worth repeating. And I saw this post. It's in our show notes. It's just a picture. It's like a meme, actually. But it's frightening that Anne Rand tried to warn us. Listen to her words from 1957, a year before I was born. Yeah, I'm that freaking old. Listen, this is Anne Rand in 1957. When you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing. When you see that money is flowing to those who deal, not in goods, but in favors. When you see that men get richer by graft, and by pull than by work. And your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you. When you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. Wow. Truer words. And based on what's going on right now, man. Hey, sorry, I missed a couple of chats. There's a big, big delay. And by the way, we're working very hard to get that fixed. We will have it fixed hopefully in the, by the end of the week. Because I realize there's a lot of lag and I pause when I'm live a little bit. We're doing everything we can to fix that. So I don't always get the chance to see your chats until I they pop up on my screen. Uh, Ichi Dono, justice has been dead for years now. Unless you're a Democrat, then you can do anything and won't face any legal fallout from your actions. Boom. Bang. Exactly right. Round of applause for Ichi Dono. Uh, Unless you're a Democrat. Yeah, there is a double standard. Justice is dead, so knock yourself out. You couldn't be more right. Example, did you know Hillary... The exact same thing Trump is being charged with. Yeah, exactly. 
She paid a fine, went on with her life. No media circus, no arrest, no nothing. Boom. You are exactly right. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Hillary did the same thing. I would argue bigger than what Trump has ridiculously been accused of. So, yeah, good, good point, uh, you don't know. And you chucklehead, I love your nickname, you chucklehead. That's because we're a woman-ran, driven, controlled country now and have been since the 90s. Men make the country society, and it's where justice comes from. I want to agree with you, but I will say that there are some very strong, educated smart, capable of being leader women out there. They're not all some of the freaks we see in the news now. They're not all Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, anyway, I still love your, your nickname, you chucklehead. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure I got through. Yeah, we did the Anran Rand thing. And that was the uh, that was the whole thing for uh, the things we want to talk about here tonight. Um, it's time. Do we? Yeah, we we still have time. I spent lots of time talking about stuff here. By the way, uh, quick announcement: two things. A, right over here is a follow button. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. It helps our show out very much. So please just take a quick second. Right over there, click that follow button. Thank you for doing that. We really appreciate it. And uh, the other thing is we have finally taken a vote, the Jay Sheldon Show Corporation, and uh, the board of directors and I have decided we will be changing our live broadcast dates. So as of this week, we will be live on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We've been Monday, Wednesday, Saturday forever, but... We decided for a whole bunch of reasons I won't bore you with that beginning this week, we will now be and forevermore be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We might be adding some days too, but we'll tell you about that coming up later. So yes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, starting this week. So uh, we will be back again uh, on Friday. Anyway, before we get to uh, any kind of sign out stuff, those are the two big announcements I wanted to make. We do want to read at least a little part of our book. Strangely enough, while this is a news and political commentary kind of talk show, from the very beginning, 345 shows ago, uh, I decided that I wanted to do, to read books on this show. Because I've always been a big proponent of reading, of getting your kids to read, reading to your kids, getting a book in their hands. And so to encourage that, I decided I'd read books on this show. We do them. They're classics. They come from the Gutenberg Project. They're in the public domain. Uh, we've been doing White Fang. We've done so many. We did The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, uh, so Alice in Wonderland, all those great books. We read them the whole way through. And so recently, and for the last many, many shows, actually, because it's a long book, we've been reading White Fang. Uh, Oh, man, what a book. What a classic. It's been turned into several films, several movies. It was first published by Jack London back in 1906. So it's been around a over a, way over 100, 115 or 20 years. And it is an amazing book. Coming up when we're done with White Fang, uh, we're deciding whether, A, we will continue reading books. I really want to because I love reading. I don't read ahead, by the way. I don't know what's coming up until I, or words come out of my mouth and your ears. Um, so, yeah, I discover these books with you. We're thinking about if we do continue, we'll be doing uh, White Fang. All right. Cool uh, discussion going on, by the way, in our chat room. You chucklehead and Ichidono. I love this. Keep it going. Okay. Let's uh, let's get on with the uh, book. You guys can keep talking if you want in the background. Feel free. Uh, I'll just entertain you with my... Uh, my dull drones on here. It's White Fang, and uh, the adventure continues. White Fang came to look forward eagerly to the gathering of the men around his pen. It meant a fight. This was the only way that was now vouchsafed him of expressing the life that was in him. Tormented, 
incited to hate. He was kept a prisoner, so there was no way of satisfying that hate, except at the times his master saw fit to put another dog against him. Beauty Smith had estimated his powers well, for he was invariably the victor. One day, three dogs were turned in upon him in succession. Another day, a full-grown wolf, fresh caught from the wild, shoved in through the door of the pen. And on still another day, two dogs were set against him at the same time. This was his severest fight. And though in the end he killed them both, he was himself half-killed in doing it. In the fall of the year, when the first snows were falling and mush ice was running in the river, Beauty Smith took passage for himself and White Fang on a steamboat bound up the Yukon to Dawson. White Fang had now achieved a reputation in the land as the Fighting Wolf. He was known far and wide, and the cage in which he was kept on the steamboat's deck was usually surrounded by curious men. He raged and snarled at them, or lay quietly and studied them with cold hatred. Why should he not hate them? He never asked himself that question. He knew only hate and lost himself in the question. Life had become a hell to him. He'd not been made for close confinement. Wild beasts endure at the hands of men. And yet, it was in precisely this way that he was treated. Men stared at him, poked sticks through the bars to make him snarl, and then laughed at him. They were his environment, these men, and they were molding the clay of him into a more ferocious thing that had been intended by nature. Nevertheless, nature had given him plasticity. Where many other animals would have died or had its spirit broken, he adjusted himself and lived, and at no expense of the spirit. Possibly Beauty Smith, arch-fiend and tormentor, was capable of breaking White Fang's spirit, but as yet there was no sign of him succeeding. If Beauty Smith had in him a devil, White Fang had another, and the two of them raged against each other unceasingly. In the days before, White Fang had had the wisdom to cower down and submit to a man with a club in his hand, but this wisdom now left him. The mere sight of Beauty Smith was sufficient to send White Fang into transports of fury. And when they came to close quarters and he'd been beaten back by the club, he went on growling and snarling, showing his fangs. The last growl could never be extracted from him. No matter how terribly he was beaten, he always had another growl. And when Beauty Smith finally gave up and withdrew, the defiant growl followed after him. Or White Fang sprang at the bars of the cage, bellowing his hatred. When the steamboat arrived at Dawson, White Fang went ashore. But he still lived a public life in a cage, surrounded by curious men. He was exhibited as the Fighting Wolf, and men paid fifty cents in gold dust to see him. He was given no rest. That's where we are going to leave it for tonight. We'll continue on with the story of White Fang coming up in our next show on Friday night. This is Wednesday, right? Yeah, we're halfway through the week. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Hey, great chatting with you guys over there. Thank you so much. I will see you again on Friday night. We're now Monday, Wednesday, Friday with the Jay Sheldon Show. Please do check out our sponsors, Check it out. Also, our Jay Sheldon Show merchandise. All those links are in our show notes. And most importantly, right over here is that follow button. Just give that a click. Appreciate it. I'll see you again Friday night. Enjoy, everybody. This has been the Jay Sheldon Show. Good